it's uh, great to be back with you again. It's great to uh, come and share something from, uh, from God's Word on, on what is, for me, something that I really get to enjoy, to really come and see uh, somebody who is willing to stand up and say, look, everyone, this is what I believe in. This is what I put my trust in. This is what I put my, uh, this is what I bet my life on, for one of a, one of a better statement. But Jonathan, thank you for, uh, for leading up to this point. Thanks to our musicians, to everyone that's, uh, that's taken part. Jason, I mean when I say when I say it's been a, a real privilege to come and spend uh, this morning uh, with you. I wasn't supposed to be here. Uh, it was supposed to be somebody else that was going to come and share, but uh, but they 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 cancelled. <laughs> so you've got me. But it's, it's great because uh, can I say this carefully? I was perhaps a little bit jealous of that person that they had this opportunity to do it. But uh, I'm here and I've got it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make the most of it. Now I'm I'm battling two things this morning. Oh, one of them is the, the smell of jacket potatoes that is emanating from the, that is, that's coming from the kitchen this morning. I'm kind of, there's a few people salivating and a few people I can, you know, there's a couple of people I've heard some gurglings and some rumblings behind me. So, so my, my job this morning really is to take you through what I believe that God has laid upon my heart. We're just going to look at 14 verses from uh, the Gospel of Mark uh, this morning. Uh, the first chapter of Mark. Mark was a, a disciple of Jesus. He was a, a man who saw firsthand uh, the, the, the miracles, the events, the things that Jesus did. And we are going to uh, look a little bit uh, at the very early part of that book and one of the major events that we've already had hinted to uh, from, uh, from Jesus' life. So if you're using a church Bible, it's page uh, 1002, uh, but it will be uh, up on screen uh, as we can see. So let's read then uh, some of the God's word together. Let's read the Bible together uh, from the Gospel of Mark and chapter 1. And it, it goes a little bit like this. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And all of the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when immediately he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven came, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. And now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of, his, of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So here is Mark's opening gambit of what life was like. We've already talked about this word this morning. Now I want to make one thing absolutely clear as I stand here this morning. Jason and I had not conferred what one iota in anything that he was going to say or I was going to say. 
I had no idea as I sat there this morning that as Jason opened up and began to tell us the story of his life that he was going to talk about the same thing that I was going to talk about. So as I go through and as we look at this incredible account of the first 14 verses of of Mark's gospel, we will see how there are four stages to this for for the, 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 the phrase this morning, story. Okay, when I say story, I don't mean fable or make-believe. I just use that word because it's nice and succinct. And there are same, those same four things that we're going to talk about this morning are the same four things that are going to have an effect on Jason's life. And if you're a believer in Christ, they can have an effect on your life. Because this is what we are, we are talking about, is that we are talking about a book that came at the end of 400 years of silence between the Old and the New, New Testament. God sends John into the world as a messenger, that that he would go before Jesus. And so Mark opens his gospel talking about preparation. That here is a man who would go before, and the Bible says quite clearly, prepare the way for Jesus. We have heard how God prepared the way for Jesus in Jason's life. The events that have no seemingly no purpose they seem unfair they seem a trial they seem confusing they seem painful they in in the the story of the boiled sweet or the saga of the boiled sweet it seems that it's that thing that could potentially cause so much hurt in the 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 very real sense that we sense the loss of jason's mum there was a very real sense in that story and yet here we see that this is God preparing Jason for Jesus why why do it that way why would you do it that way if this is a God who is a God of love who is supposed to make everything in the garden rosy why do it that way shall I be honest with you this morning I have absolutely no idea (laughs) Let's make it perfectly plain. I am not going to come here this morning and try and answer the world's difficult and complicated problems. That's not my point and it's not my purpose. I have no idea. But what I do know is that just as God has been preparing (coughs) Jason's life to this point, we see that that continued in the way that he prepared Jesus' life on earth. That he sent John as this messenger, this peculiar man who, with a camel hair coat, who eats locusts and honey. I've eaten locusts and honey. They are enjoyable, I can assure you. But to live on them, I'm, I'm good with steak and chips, I think, to be fair. But <laughs> you know, we have this peculiar man who arrives as God's messenger. Let's be honest. If a man who was that peculiar, who, ate, you know, who had a camel's hair coat, who lived outside in the wilderness, let's be honest, how many of us would actually listen to a thing that he said? If it was this day and age, I mean, I don't know where you all live, but let's say the, the, the centres of where you all live. You're walking through there, and you see a man coming towards you in a camel's hair coat with a scraggly beard and long scraggly hair, and you know, he's chomping on a locust and all the rest of it. You'd be kind of thinking... Oh my. You know? I mean, right, here's another thing. If it was this day, how many of you would film it? <laughs> That's the other thing, yeah? How many people have you, oh, this has gone on my Instagram account. Look at this, this is crazy. But it doesn't make sense. 
Yet there is something about the uniqueness of this man that God used to prepare the way for Jesus. There is something about the uniqueness of Jason, and Joe can explain more about his uniqueness than the rest of us, but here we have this example of a man with a story to tell. Why? Because God, in the same way that he did for Jesus, in the same way that he did to prepare the way for the world to meet Jesus, God worked in Jason's life to prepare the way for him to meet Jesus. So we have this incredible joined-up thinking of preparation. You see, here is a man who was going to be used by God to go and share the world. Jason, as you have been baptized today, you have made a decision to be baptized. You have made the decision to come fully clothed and get wet. When you strip it down to its basic level, that's what it is. But you see, it's so much more than that. By being baptized, by making that statement, you are telling all of us here as witnesses that you believe in Jesus. That's a very alien concept to this world. Am I right? That's a very alien concept. To stand up publicly in front of a group of people, your work colleagues, your friends, your family, and say, I believe in Jesus. That marks you out as a man in a camel hair coat and a locust. <laughs> that marks you out as somebody a bit different. And I don't say that to be pedantic or flippant. I say it because it's true. Because let's be fair, we live in a world that has absolutely no time for God whatsoever. So to be willing to make that stand shows that God has made preparation in your heart. I've said this on this platform many times. When we come publicly to God, it's because what God has done on the inside that shows that public affection, that public demonstration. If you declare your love for somebody, it's because that person has an effect on you. That person has changed your experience. That person has changed your world view. And so you declare it. If we're married, most of us declare it every day. And yet here we have Jason as a man who has been prepared by God to come and introduce him to Jesus. And so here we sit. Here we are. And as beneficiaries of seeing somebody go through the waters of baptism, admitting publicly that they are a believer in Jesus. And yet we've talked about Jason, we've talked about John. But ultimately, we need to do something slightly different. Because we have this realization within Scripture that John was just the messenger. He was slightly extraordinary but at the fundamentals of the thing he was just a messenger he was an errand boy for all of his uniqueness for all of his incredible attributes how do i know this because he tells me when he says after me comes he who is mightier than i the, sa the strap of whose sandals i am unworthy to untie 
This is John. This is this unique individual, a man not seen the like of before or since. And he says, it's not about me. It's just about, I'm just a messenger. And she don't look at me in that way this morning. I'm just a messenger. I'm here to simply challenge you all from the word of God this morning. That's what John did. And ultimately, there came that day when I don't know how this worked out in time, in history, but in my mind's eye, I see it like this, that, that, that John is baptizing people, that John is talking about Jesus. John is doing exactly what he said he would do, and somebody caught a glimpse at the corner of his eye. There was, you know, that person you can see in your periphery vision. That something that catches your eye, a glint, whatever it might be. And he stops. And all the people are enthralled by the words that he says. And he turns to look. And he says, look. It's Jesus. The Lamb of God. Who comes to take away the sin of the world. You see, that's who John was talking about. So that's the very same Jesus that God has been preparing Jason to meet from that day to this. John makes it perfectly plain who Jesus is. He made it perfectly plain to Jason who Jesus is. And just as Jason realized that Jesus is his saviour, he admitted it publicly three times there or thereabouts. He admitted that God has changed his life. He admitted that God has brought him through all this heartache, all this agony, all this mountaintop experience moments where nothing could be better than the moment he is now and he brought him to this place because he understands who Jesus is the question is do you understand who Jesus is do you have a real firm grasp of who Jesus is you see John makes it clear that he has baptized people in water just like Jason has been today Thankfully, this was slightly of a cleaner scenario than the River Jordan, but it is southwest water, so you never know. But, <laughs> there's no shareholders in, is there? No, fair enough, right. So here we have this same example. That John says, I baptise with water, but Jesus baptises with the Holy Spirit. That Jesus baptises with the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you believe and trust in Jesus... then Jesus himself will come and live in your life. He will come and live in your heart. Let's get one thing absolutely clear. When Jason was baptised, that was not when he received the Holy Spirit. Let's get that absolutely clear. In the act of baptism, there is nothing special. To go into a pool, to get shoved under the water and brought back out again, that physical act, there is nothing special. Where the specialty comes from is the symbolism of what it means. It's saying, I have died to my old life. It's saying, I am going to leave it where it is. It's saying that I am going to follow Jesus. It's a physical demonstration of something that has already happened. 
Jason received the Holy Spirit of God when he gave his life to Jesus and said yes to him. That's when that happened. That was what we heard in his testimony. There was no flash of light. There was no brilliant moment. It was a slow, gradual process that he began to realize that God was working in his life. You see, that's the same experience for so many of us, that we realize that God is slowly working in our lives. You see, Jason has demonstrated this public declaration of God's preparation of him. He did it by baptism. He did it by being baptized, just as Jesus was baptized. Just as Jesus was put through those waters of baptism in the River Jordan by this wild man. And yet Jason, by being baptized, has admitted publicly his obedience to Jesus. You see, the Bible is very direct in what it says. It says, believe and be baptized. Do you know what? One of the things that made me smile the most in Jason's testimony, how long ago was I a Christian? Four or five years? I say this carefully, Age, number, days, it doesn't matter. What matters is this, that Jason admitted that he waited too long to be baptized. Why? Because the Bible says very clearly, believe and be baptized. For me, it should be a straightforward event. The last baptism I had the privilege of preaching on here, I preached on the Ethiopian eunuch. A man who had a a conversation with a a man called Philip in a chariot. And as they're going along the road, the man understands, he realizes who uh, Jesus is. And he says, look, there's water. What is stopping me from being baptized? He says, that is where we are today. You see, what didn't happen today was this next little bit. that The spirit immediately descends on Jesus like a dove. And they hear this voice from God, which says, This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. What did happen, and what I am 99.9% convinced will happen, is the verses that we're reading up on screen. You see, because... Jason was prepared, just like Jesus was. Jason was baptized, just like Jesus was. And just like Jesus was, I am sure that, John, that Jason will be tempted. He will be taken out into a spiritual wilderness. He will be taken out into a place where God is not exalted. He will be taken out into a place where God is not honoured. He will be taken out into a place full of a world of people who say there is no God, he doesn't exist, it's all a fairy story. There may well be those of you here this morning that were sitting there thinking, this is all nonsense. You see, and yet here we have an example. That's what happened to Jesus. So Jason, I mean this with the greatest care and concern, but do not be too surprised if it happens to you. Do not be shocked if when time comes 
and the adrenaline starts to fall and the, the enjoyment starts to fall and life starts to hurt and life becomes normal, whatever normal is, that all of a sudden it starts to become difficult to follow Jesus, that it starts to become a pressured environment to follow Jesus, that it starts to become a moment where you have to stand up and declare your faith again and again and again and again and again. Do not be dismayed. Do not be disheartened. Do not be encouraged because Jesus himself said, take heart, I have overcome the world. That in me you might have peace. You see, that's what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. That's what it means we talked about sin very briefly when Jason was being baptised. It means to have your sins forgiven. It means to have that right relationship with God. And it means that no matter what life throws at you, no matter how much life hurts, you have somebody there to lead you and guide you through it. Just out of curiosity, how many of you watch Saturday Morning Kitchen? Or what it was Saturday Morning Kitchen, or now it's now James Martin, Saturday Morning, something or other. No? All right, just me then. All right, fine, Okay. All right, well, I enjoy it anyway. So it's just me, you know. I like to keep the ITV going, just, just me and myself. That's all right, that's fine. So it was interesting because James Martin yesterday morning was interviewing an actor called Gary Weiss. How many of you have heard of him? No? I shall keep going in my theme where nobody knows nothing. That's fine. But I guarantee you that most of you would have seen... How many of you... Oh, no, I'm not going to do that again because it will all fall crumbling humbly down. How many of you have seen Sense and Sensibility? Right, thank you. Phew. And what about The Crown? Yeah, all right, we get there. So Gary Wise is one of the actors in both, okay? So now, oh, yeah, no, I know who he is. So he was saying, he, they were having a conversation, with him and James Martin, and he was saying about how that people are afraid to talk about the D word. I'm not talking about Dexit. I am talking about death. People are afraid of talking about dying. And he, this guy was saying how that uh, Marie Curie, the, 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 the cancer treatment people, looked after his sister. And I was sitting there listening to this conversation. I'm thinking, shall I tell you why people are afraid of talking about death? Because they don't know where they're going afterwards. I'm not afraid of talking about death. It's going to happen. But what my Bible gives me, what a relationship with Jesus gives me, is a knowledge that of where I am going afterwards. So that when the hard times come, so that when temptation strikes, so that when life hurts and I don't know where to turn, I know that ultimately I will see Jesus. Jason knows that ultimately he will see Jesus. There are those of you that are Christians here this morning that know that ultimately you will see Jesus. Let me tell you this, if you are not a Christian here this morning, you will see Jesus. But you won't like him. Because he won't be sitting there as a saviour, he'll be sitting there as judge. That's a completely different thing for a completely different conversation. So that as we sit, and as we've enjoyed, and as we've praise God for Jason's baptism we realize that this was all part of God's big picture that this was all part of God's big plan you see ultimately we are put here for one purpose to serve the God who rescued us from sin and realizing that realizing no matter what we face God has a plan for us and even though when life 
hurts. Even when we cannot explain it, even when we cannot understand it, we have to trust in the word of God that nothing will snatch us from his hand. That nothing will shake us. That nothing will move us. Even the D word. That nothing will make us, nothing can shake us, nothing can snatch us from the hand of God. Jason, as I close, it has been a privilege to see you go through the waters of baptism this morning. I've only known you fairly recently, but it's been great to study God's word together, to see how you are developing into a man of God. And ultimately, I want to say thank you. Because you have given me the opportunity to come and to share something that is very dear to my heart. And to know that ultimately, because of that step of faith, that step of obedience, the heavens are full of people that are praising the name of God. Why? Because you said yes. You said yes to God. Father, we thank you for this incredible morning this morning as we've been able to come and to share with Jason, to be able to share with his friends, his family, his colleagues. Father, we thank you that we've been able to not just share but to witness a man who is willing to stand up for you, a man who is willing to stand up and be counted for God. Father, in a world that pays you no heed, in a world that shows you uh, no respect, in a world that uh, is completely alien to that concept, Father, we thank you for Jason and for his step of faith this morning. So, Lord, as we've come under the sound of your word, as it's challenged us, Father, allow it to germinate, allow it to grow, and allow it to shape and change us into the people that you want us to be. Lord, if we are not yours this morning, if we are not part of your kingdom if we are not your children lord then we pray that with the sound of your word will challenge and convict of sin and it will challenge and convict as to where people stand before you this morning so lord we come we give you thanks in jesus name amen